What's cracking, kids? I'm your host, A.C. Ridenauer, and this is The Nomad Theory. I was talking to my grandmother earlier today, having a conversation about these pains she's having in her feet that end up being shooting up into her calves and at night she can't even sleep because it's too excruciating. And she also mentioned how her sister could have potentially been prescribed a medical marijuana card here in Pennsylvania. Now I think it costs about $150 and you're not able to get purchase a firearm after you get your medical marijuana card as far as I'm aware. So if you're going to get a gun, get it before you go get your weed. And she said, ah, I could actually see myself in the future getting one of these cards because I don't want to end up getting addicted to whatever prescription medicine they would have given me otherwise. <clears throat> so I took this, this, this idea of a grandmother getting her medical marijuana card and asked a specialist named Chris McIntyre and his team at St. Margaret's Holistic Remedies, which is based in Denver, Colorado. I actually did this interview about two months ago, and it's just been in the archives waiting for me to mix it all up and put it into some sort of episode. So please enjoy this interview. I'm your host, AC. Stay wild, folks. Take a gander into your grandmother's prescription medicine shelf, and a common sight usually meets the eyes. They're pillars of white and orange plastic tubes. They're lining medicine cabinets across the United States, stuffed to the brim with their child-proof lids, with potent prescription drugs. In some cases, the drugs are extremely addictive. Now, imagine a world where these drugs were second option, not their only option. Chris McIntyre and his team at St. Margaret's Holistic Remedies not only think this is possible, but their products are potentially more effective than prescription drugs and a whole lot safer too. So his company produces high-quality CBD from industrial hemp in a variety of consumption methods. And put most simply, CBD is the non-psychoactive component of cannabis or marijuana. So Chris and his team at St. Margaret's Holistic Remedies They occupied this tent focused on hemp products and the future of hemp at the Rise Musical Festival in Loveland, Colorado. So this became a question, how can I convince my grandma that CBD is a legitimate medicine? Chris was kind enough to sit down with me and we talked about his personal relationship with CBD and how the industry of CBD has grown and where it is also headed. He's definitely trying to benefit other people, and he ended up doing that by helping his own mother get off of these prescription medicines. I was actually diagnosed with a carcinoid tumor that I had inside my appendix um, after my appendix was removed. I used to weigh around 310 pounds at one point. Um, so I had struggled with obesity. I had struggled with uh, the cancer issue there. I was on like seven prescription drugs at one point. Um, anything from like anxiolytics to opiates and pain medicine, stuff like that. So having studied the cannabis, I had used it for recreational purposes, you know, um, smoking with friends, getting high, things like that. It wasn't until 2015 when uh, my wife and I decided 
we need to move to Colorado, get out of New York where we were born and raised so we can at least attempt to have access to uh, medical cannabis, see if I can trade my medicine out for it, maybe wean off one or two prescriptions. Um, lo and behold, within about a month or two, and I never suggest this, but I did cold turkey on a lot of my meds. Um, I was completely off of all of my medicine. Like I don't take any of my prescriptions anymore. And I owe a lot of that to just ingesting a large amount of cannabinoids, just kind of saturate my endocannabinoid system. So it wasn't going into shock while it was not receiving the other medicines that it was used to getting every single day. Um, after joining the industry, I joined the industry about a month after moving out here, um, got into management, helped other people um, with the selling of the buds and the packaging and learning all about the growth cycle and things like that. I fell in love with CBD and hemp because it's non-psychoactive, it doesn't get people high, but it still retains a lot of those therapeutic benefits like the pain relief, the anxiety relief. It was something that I was able to help my mother who does not like getting high. So giving her this CBD, she's actually off of most of her medicine now. She actually just weaned off of her last one um, about a month ago. And it's just really nice to see the, the transition and the change. My own personal story, I can't say that because um, it's not FDA approved. I can't say that there's any medical claims on, on cannabis or CBD, but with my own uh, story, I've been cancer-free for 10 years. I weigh 150 pounds now, not 310. So I've lost more than I weigh. So I've lost a whole nother man worth of weight, which is crazy to think about. I don't walk with that every single day now. And I owe a lot of that to my body being regulated from my plant-based lifestyle. Um, so I am vegan. I do meditation and stuff. But outside of those things, the main contributing factor that helped me release all my medicines and the daily struggle I was um, experiencing was actually using cannabis and using hemp. Search CBD products on Google and a wide array of producers appear. It makes it difficult to choose a trusted source. The CBD industry is obviously exploding in states where its production is legal and I wondered how a company like St. Margaret's Holistic Remedies is different from all the other startups. Chris explains his actual experience in the CBD industry and how his own company got started in such fast-paced times. Started last December um, 2017. My partner and I, we had been working inside the cannabis industry for three years um, at different places. And last August 2017, I got hired at um, The Green Solution which is like the world's largest cannabis uh, business by revenue, like in the world. They're in a lot of different um, states and a couple countries and whatnot. So, but they're mainly out of Denver, which is cool. All family owned, four brothers. So I was really digging the vibe. Um, I really, my favorite place I worked for in the industry with THC. And I met Josh, my business partner, who's actually the GM of the store that I got hired at. And I worked my way from um, doing retail into management. Um, we helped con really cultivate an awesome vibe and a great team there. He asked me, because he knew I did graphic design, hey, could you help me uh, produce something for my grandmother? I have a tincture that I've helped produce for her. I need a label and something that looks really good for her that reminds her of the cabin we used to spend times in in the summer. And I would really like to, uh, to give her a lifetime supply of this tincture to help her with her lupus or diabetes. So we started giving her the tincture. I made up the label. She was having such good results, telling all of her friends they were having such good results. We had all this experience for the cannabis industry. That we decided, um, while working full time, hey, let's try just a CBD side venture to help our friends and family. So that was, we filed for our LLC January 11th, 2018, this year. Um, so that was eight months ago. Two months ago, we quit our jobs full time. Um, June 1st is when, um, two weeks before that, I put in my two weeks. My last day was June 1st. And I've just been doing St. Margaret's Holistic Remedies since, teaching people about hemp and, uh, 
trying to access it everywhere, you know, get it in all 50 states. There's over 24 countries we're legally allowed to ship to. So it's just really trying to educate the people on the difference between uh, marijuana and hemp. They both come from cannabis, but they have very different properties and legal statuses, most definitely, as most people listening are probably aware of. In states like Colorado, residents can attain a license from the Department of Agriculture and grow hemp in their backyard. The process definitely includes paying a few hundred bucks and there's an inspection of your intended growing property, but the growing of your own medicine is totally possible if you follow the right steps. This degree of accessibility, it seems like, is something revolutionary in our country from a legal standpoint, but most people probably don't know that the United States government once fined people for not growing hemp if you were a farmer. In 1942, the federal government funded a campaign called Hemp for Victory, which encouraged farmers to grow as much hemp as possible in order to produce higher, stronger textiles during World War II. So after his own experiences and years working in the hemp industry, Chris is well aware of CBD's historic legal evolution. He breaks down the common misconceptions associated with hemp and what people should know about its current legal status. The industry has changed as far as access. Um, there's still high risk. There's a lot of legal ambiguity as far as the de definitions of certain things. We operate underneath the Farm Bill and um, HR 1866. And then the other bill is going to be um, the Farming Act, Hemp Farming Act of 2014, the Agricultural Act. And that's going to be Section 7606. Um, so you can look those up online and see what the, the actual legal verbiage is. But it states that federally, hemp does come from cannabis. But it's any cannabis plant that has less than 0.3, so less than a third percent of THC by dry weight in the entire plant. So now that we've added those legal definitions, that was in 2014. Um, Barack Obama helped to sign that initiative and to, and to push that through. So that really helped resurgence of the hemp industry because we grew hemp for victory was a, a campaign in the 40s um, inside World War II that we actually grew hemp for the war efforts. Um, farmers were actually penalized and fined in America if you did not grow hemp. Now we all see soy and corn, you know, we think that's the natural. They literally were giving fines out to farmers who did not participate in growing hemp because it was made for textiles and ropes to help our soldiers to give us the advantage over these synthetics and other things that had not been produced yet. Things like cotton were not as durable, especially for war efforts. So the, we know um, of the benefits of hemp. The things like um, there's certain patents out, patents out there, excuse me, that the government has on cannabinoids being anti-cancerous um, and helping boost the immune system and being good for epilepsy. So I would say with the CBD industry being legitimized, it's the awareness. Um, people's paradigms are shifting. They're becoming aware that marijuana isn't the devil's lettuce. It doesn't only get you high. It does a magnitude of things. And if we do legalize it, we're able to study it, find out what those things are. And then um, isolate them, repeat those, and give those to the people that need those exact specific effects out of cannabis. Um, and there is a 2018 farm hemp farm bill that has gone through the Senate, and it's in the House of Congress right now. Anybody listening, please contact your congressman, ask them about this bill, get them in, to endorse it, get their support. Um, this would be a tipping point for the industry. And it would really, because its exact verbiage is separating all CBD from hemp away from Schedule One status. Um, even though it's not federally a Schedule One drug because it comes from hemp, it's legal verbiage on paper that says it doesn't. That really gives us um, a, a nice uh, springboard to jump off of and to move the whole industry forward. And that's why a lot of people haven't invested. A lot of people haven't gotten into the industry. 
um, because of that legal ambiguity. But I do see that the industry in the last few years has become more legitimate. People are testing their product now when they didn't before. Um, everything's licensed through the state. A lot of people are growing organic. Um, Colorado does not allow the use of pesticides, period, on hemp production, um, which is amazing because we know that hemp it doesn't need pesticides um, when it's grown properly in the right environment, the right climate, given the right love. So I would say that it's been more legitimized. We're not quite there yet. We have a lot of growth, um, but it's a community thing. Everyone's working together to help each other grow. It's not competition. We call it co-opetition. Um, everyone's helping each other to become better, not than each other, but better than the old version of what they used to be. As the industry continues to grow and more and more people understand its potential benefits, new forms of processed CBD will become available. Yes, it can be smoked as a flower like marijuana or tobacco. But there's also a wide variety of less invasive consumption methods. I asked Chris what form of consumption would be best for the grandma in your life who has never smoked anything. The available options might surprise you. What I would definitely recommend, our least invasive method of ingestion would be orally. It's also the highest bioavailability, meaning your body will absorb the most amount of CBD out of the dose you take, and you'll be able to metabolize it and use it. So I would say our tincture would be the best product. That's actually what we started with with Grandma Margaret. Um, and it really, she she's never smoked cannabis in her entire life. She's never used cannabis. Um, and she has been growing up with, in the 20s, 30s, all that time era where cannabis definitely had a stigma to it that it was negative. Um so getting her to use the tincture and to be able to go over the hump of you're not going to get high, that's the biggest thing people worry about. After they know they're not going to get high, the second thing is, am I going to get in trouble? Um, you know what I mean? Am I going to fail a UA? Am I going to get arrested for possessing this stuff? Can I drive around with it in my car? Um, we get a lot of those kind of questions. And the nice thing about having the laws that we do have and the testing results that we do have, the, the um, COAs are called, Certificates of Analysis, we keep that with each product. We can guarantee people aren't going to be consuming THC if they don't want that inside their body. Um, even though you can have 0.3, a lot of our products are THC free for that reason, just to help those people uh, get over that that paradigm shift, that hump that, oh, I'm going to get high or I'm taking a drug. Um, it's just like a natural supplement. It's inside coconut oil. It's uh, put underneath the tongue and your body absorbs it really quickly. Hold it for like a minute before you swallow. And it takes time, um, of course, for any supplement. So your endocannabinoid system, most people aren't smoking cannabis daily or using any hemp products. They're actually deficient in CBD and, and a lot of the other cannabinoids. When you take CBD, your body responds by producing its own endocannabinoids like um, anatomide or AG1, AG2. Those are cannabinoids like THC and CBD that your body has naturally produced since you were born, since the beginning of man. Um, so introducing CBD into that into your body helps your body to regulate, start uptaking it, start using it and making its own um, cannabinoids. And then over time, your body is regulated. You're able to start weaning off of the other medications and things that you were using. Um, and it's definitely a lifestyle change, something you have to commit to. It's not something you could let grandma try a dropper full and, and she's going to be like healed or she's going to feel the results right away. The biggest thing for people to feel something right away um, would be our terpene enhanced products, something for like vaporizing. But it's not something I would suggest to someone who's never smoked if they're not comfortable with that method um, of ingestion, simply because it's introducing something into the lung, um, which is a weird sensation for people who don't smoke. Even though it is vapor, it's not smoke, um, and it is a good way of controlling your dose, it's something you'd want to work grandma up to. 
Looking at CBD and its seemingly unbelievable applications, one might assume the industry is reaching a peak in its production possibilities. But Chris would say otherwise. In fact, he lit up with a huge smile when I asked him which three parts of the industry's future he's most excited about. He's confident that we'll see CBD branching into new sectors at an increasing rate as more people accept it as a legitimate form of medication. Whether you are a parent of a child with epilepsy, a grandma tired of popping daily opiates, or an athlete looking for some soreness relief, check out this clip of Chris explaining how CBD could help you in the future. One of the biggest things that I am really happy about with the CBD industry is giving children access to cannabis that doesn't get them high. Because for such a long time, it's been very weary for parents even to, I don't want to introduce cannabis into my child. I don't want to give my child cannabis. But you'll give your child Adderall, which is meth. And the only reason you'll do that is because you're going to a trusted source, as you should. You're talking to your doctor and you're trusting him. And he's giving you something that's pharmaceutical grade that's very therapeutic. Um, So you're going to give your child that. But when it comes to cannabis, it's not legal everywhere. Big gray area. So with the hemp, you're actually able to give your child something that is scientifically proven you can't get high off of it. And it's also been FDA approved through um, Epidiolex, which is recently approved by the FDA, CBD isolate. It's actually good for seizures and rare forms of seizures. So it helps with epilepsy tremendously. So helping the children, that's one of the biggest thing that um, I'm happy about with the hemp industry. Second thing would be the elderly, helping them to extend their life. And if not extend it, at least increase the quality of it for when they are here. Um, maybe not replace prescription drugs, maybe wean off of them, maybe complement them. Um, something that can give them a more holistic approach and actually help them from a, a lifestyle standpoint. And then the third thing would be normalizing cannabis and normalizing um, these pot leaves that you see on our, uh, or these cannabis leaves, these hemp leaves you see on our advertising and stuff, having that be normal. Um, I went to a baseball game in the Colorado Springs recently, and they had a small, short, four-foot table with advertising on it. And around the entire table were um, banners and signage for beer. And I saw like four kids running around the table playing with it. And the signage was literally eye level to them. Like adults couldn't even see this stuff. Um, but we're not allowed to have a hemp blunt and smoke a hemp blunt that doesn't even get you high. Like, you know what I mean? Like in public and whatnot. Um, so breaking that stigma and having it be normalized, having the paradigm shift as a culture to where we're ready to accept what it can do. We're not ready to say, let's just accept it. Let's, let's use it. We're ready to say, Hey, let's study this. Let's research it. And let's let those who are willing to use it, use it. Cause we've always needed people in mankind to take that risk to ingest something. Just like when we invented, um, aspartame, which is an artificial sweetener. They were trying to create a pesticide. They're trying to create something that kills people. They ended up creating something that can help diabetics and help people to have a sweet sensation and enjoy an experience of life, sweet flavors, without the calories and without the other uh, negative things of that. So we always need those kind of people who are willing to risk things. And that happened by accident. The the technician came into the lab and said, test it. But the, the guy who was engineering it thought he heard taste it. So he literally tasted the pesticide and it was a hundred times sweeter than regular sugar and no calories. So that's how aspartame was invented. So if it wasn't for people taking risks like, well, let's make CBG isolate, let's make CBC isolate, let's mix that with lavender and let's see how that helps people. If it wasn't for those people giving the freedom to do those things, um, we wouldn't be able to move the industry forward as quickly or as um, efficiently as we're able to right now. Well, we, of course, 
I must thank Chris and his team at St. Margaret's Holistic Remedies for answering those few questions with me and sitting down at the Arise Music Festival. You can find more about St. Margaret's at their website, smhremedies.com, or you can look up the link, or you can look them up on all major social media outlets with that same name, SMH Remedies, or St. Margaret's Holistic Remedies. Plus, I will put all of the links to their sites in the show notes of this episode at thenomadtheory.simplecast.com. And always, of course, I would like to thank Juanitos for their amazing song, Cool Reggae Party, the, the, the theme song of The Nomad Theory. I'm AC Ridenauer. Stay wild, folks. Stay wild, folks.